three, two, one, and we're officially live. ESP episode 016, I believe. Wait, really? No, 017. Sorry. Wait, really? Yeah, 016. So 016 was, uh, I had a guest that was not able to make it, and the capabilities in the studio are a little limited, and he wanted to set up a Skype and um, all kinds of other, yeah. Oh my I was like, I don't know how I to do that, bad. so you're going to have to show me how to. following up with how many of these you've done so far. So what happened was my boyfriend came in, and we just argued about Star Wars for 20 minutes, eh. which worked. So yeah, so we are here at ESP-017, Spooky Trend Stuff, the Spooky Trend Stuff edition. We're here with Bowsette and Tatsumaki the Terrible Tornado. I couldn't find green lipstick, so I'm going to get some after, so I'm just kind of going with the uh, pale You should have told me. I could have gotten pale some. Pale appearance. I oh, do you some. have green lipstick? Well, I'm not just gonna like go to CVS after. lipstick, but like I have like um, show, show lipstick. What is show lipstick? You know, just stuff that you would use for exactly like cosplaying and things oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know if that's what it's actually called. I just that's what I call it. Show lipstick. Okay. Show lipstick. Now I have a big Show box stick. full of like a hundred different unused lipsticks <laughs> and lip paints, but unfortunately, there unfortunately there is no green. Oh no! I so don't, sad. I don't know why green's the one color? I have like twenty different green eyeshadow palettes. Well, like but no green, green lipstick eyeshadow, I can understand because there's that time in like. The, the 80s was like the revival of brightly fun colored eyeshadows and then it's starting to come back again now so that I can see but like green lipstick is very uh, uh unique my toes actually match my hair and my eyeshadow oh coordination. coordinated yes definitely I was gonna paint my nails but that uh, would I have require to require me to have nails which, I have to do know. that so spooky stuff we're gonna start with a, a political update because that's always spooky scary, especially with what's going on now in the current political climate. Do you want to do a recap of everything else that's been happening, or do you want to just jump right into... Um, well, I guess it depends on, like, the last time you had me on. It's definitely it's been, been a, a few months, and a lot has happened in the past few months. Can we go through all of it? Oh, that might be hard, but I can definitely try. Okay. So... Let's start with Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Oh, God. You mean, like, all of it in, like, the really broad sense, not just, like, Massachusetts-specific stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, so, let's for, anyone who hasn't ha for anyone who doesn't have television, radio, media, newspaper, or any other way of uh, interacting with other humans, uh, Brent Kavanaugh is now on the Supreme Court. That's a thing that happened. Um, it's been a few weeks. So How long has it been? What is my perception of time anymore? Ugh. I know. I have, a, I have a terrible perception of time, as you know. My perception of time is basically that it doesn't exist. No, it's, it's, you remember Final I'm Fantasy with time, time compression? Like, I live in time compression where everything that has happened and everything that will happen is happening, like, simul simultaneously. Now we're getting into the Warlords of Draenor. I like how, like, we're, we're just really jumping into, like, the other stuff already. There's a, there's a Warcraft reference for you. When Chris Metzen first announced Warlords of Draenor, I went back and I watched the video because I missed the release video. And it was really funny because, are you familiar with Warcraft at all? Vaguely, Vaguely, I mean, okay. if you say Draenor, I, I, I think of RuneScape. Uh, okay. Shame me. Feel free to. So no, RuneScape is fine. I never played oh. it, but I heard good things about it. Well, uh, well. Uh, what is what is RuneScape? Well, it was a free to play um, RPG. Okay. And I it like was RPGs. it was a source. There of were a lot of much, memes made out of RuneScape. Yeah, it was a source of much like um, a lot of it was memory and humor and all that because it, it was easy to make fun of for the first like. Eight years of its existence, and then it got a complete. It was like, don't hate because I play RuneScape or something. Well, like it got that. like a complete graphical reworking, and now I don't know. Personally, I would compare the graphics of modern day RuneScape to like I don't know, like Warcraft in two thousand seven or something. Oh, okay. two thousand eight. I mean, it's it's definitely really good for a free a free to play, and um, it's free to play. Yeah, because you don't you don't need to pay. I mean, it gives you access to like the first five or six cities, and then. Uh, a slew of quests and if you want to play pay to play you can that just unlocks like the other 90 percent of the game but like things i never thought i'd be talking about at 27 runescape, RuneScape. <laughs> well i never actually had the pleasure or displeasure of actually playing it so oh well aren't you lucky well so when warlords of draenor was was first announced for world of warcraft the writer the lead writer chris metzen one of the voice actors came up and he's like okay so we're gonna go Back in time, but Garrosh from this world is going back to activate another alternative universe. And no, wait. And he actually said, no, wait. And he had to correct himself on stage in front of like a thousand people. That's great. <laughs> it was like, no, wait. We're going on this timeline to Draenor, which used to now Outlands. And it's just, and everybody was like, 
What's um, happening? <laughs> yeah, so it was basically like it was basically like an alternate timeline, uh-huh. but they were trying to make it make sense with the lore really hard, and it was just not happening. So we. <laughs> Lore sub, lore subjective. I mean, there are so many good series and games and um, everything out there that has very loose lore. And yeah, well, I mean, they were trying. I, I tend to be more friendly towards things like that. I mean, like the Legend of Zelda jumps out immediately as something that has like the most oh, like three timelines. That's lore right. Ever. I just played the Legend of Zelda the Clue version. I need to tell you something. It's incredible, and I won. I um, we need to talk politics, I was but like as Zelda, and I totally. I used all the clues. I don't feel bad saying this. And I won that game. And I was so into it. I was like starting to sweat. I don't feel bad saying this like, at all now. I was like taking notes on like what other people were I've only played the, doing. the gold-plated NES cartridge version and stopped right after that. Wait, what? Yeah. Never played Legend of Zelda except for the original NES version. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, really? And it's like, yeah, I just never got into it. Like... My interest. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I never finished. I mean, FFS. Well, I never, I never finished the, uh, the one, the one that just came out. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's fine though. There's... But I've, I played almost every other. Oh no, I missed Twilight Princess. Mm. Breath of the know. Wild. I mean, I, I, I like, look I was, at have, it. I was having a senior moment. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I started the first, like I got through like the first six hours of Breath of the Wild and then I just never finished it. But well, I was going to say like, exactly. Like it's the kind of, like I, I can exist and like watch it from a distance because mm-hmm. I have a presence on most social media accounts, especially some social media accounts such as Tumblr, which exist like vicariously through, uh, through images, so, so I, you're with video games like I am to politics. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fill you in on so some of the gamer stuff. So you fill me in on stuff, I fill you in on politics. Gonna fill me in on politics. We find this a nice good. weird middle balance. This that is works good. I like that. All right, first high five of the show. Wee. Let's do it. Wait, this Boom. is the, you've had 17 episodes and you've never high five anyone. No, first high five of this show. Oh, okay. I was yes. gonna be like, what is that? Hopefully, many more to come. So I yeah, so, so Breath of the Wild was really good. I just never. I spent like a whole hour making dishes, like different food dishes, and potions. Because you can do like a hundred cook. <laughs> yeah, you can just do it. Well, it's not really cooking. You just you put a bunch of stuff in a pot and like a little jingle plays, and it like you shake it all up, and then it magically becomes like some either a really good or a really disgusting dish. I don't know why, but that makes me think of like Harvest Moon. Oh my god, <gasps> Sailor Mars. Well, if she was Sailor Uranus, she wouldn't have come to that fate. Listen, she's gonna come back up and throw some fiery tarot cards at you, in a big wheeling really, circle of fire. It's really hard to like pick things up in a petticoat. You uh-huh. just bitch slap that Sailor Mars <laughs> right off the table. Oh my god, I feel so Poor bad. Mars. Rest in peace, Mars. Mars is my Mars. favorite. Uh, let's put her right here. Right there? Okay. Uh, let's put her up there so she can... My poor Sailor Mars. Oh no, she can't even be up in here. Oh yeah, you can you can show her to the Facebook. Oh yeah, here Facebook. This is this is the Sailor Mars that I hunted across the room because I have, I'm a I have a an barbarian. unhealthy pop figure collection. I just want to address that now. <laughs> I never understood the appeal of... Uh, pop figures with the exception with the exception it's just knickknacks it's like well, knickknacks for nerds can we talk about I, I don't know how you feel about musicals i'm a oh, huge I love fan musicals. of musicals uh i recently came across these but they did one for like every uh character from the little shop of horrors and i'm like what is oh, this yeah, they do them for everything now like why is this they have all the disney movies they even have nickelodeon oh, not nickelodeon whatever whatever the kids watch these days is nickelodeon still a thing yes nickelodeon is still a thing. my my kid watches disney jr and dino trucks on netflix Oh yeah, it's weird. So, like Netflix has displaced a lot of like yeah, no, shows. Nickelodeon and SpongeBob. Uh, oh, I, I allow me allow me to just do a quick little thing. Uh, my apologies to the Transpeak Discord server. We have an audience tonight, other than you, lovely people up there. Oh, are uh, we live on the Discord? We are live on the Discord. Okay, are they watching this? They are watching this. Oh, cool. Well, assumingly, okay. because I gave them a link to it in the event text chat, and assumingly, uh, they are watching it. And a there's nobody watching it right now. Well, that's not true. Like, technically, all these people are in, have access to that. They just may not be clicking into it at that very moment. Uh, we've also not really said anything of substance. Uh, sorry. <laughs> we've, we, well, that's, well, that's we've been part talking the, about stuff that is good to us. It's all going to loop around. It, it usually does. Okay. I'm just saying, like, we haven't given anyone a chance to really, like, interject. But, like, um, no. So that's my true. apologies Circle back to them. and unpack, y'all. Uh, just to explain what a Discord is. Discord, in my opinion, 
is like the spiritual successor to um, MIRC or IRC, Internet Relay Chat. And it is also, I guess you could say it also kind of nudged out uh, Skype and TeamSpeak yeah, and PalSpeak and all that. Yeah, I finally got into Discord. So on World of Warcraft, it used to be Ventrilio. Yes, Ventrilio. Yep. So now it's just all Discord, which is I always awesome. used um, TeamSpeak and PalChat. But um, yeah, it's just it's like the best point. things of all those kind of put in the one place, in my opinion. And uh, never there pal is... chat though. What's that? Never pal chat. Really? Yeah, just TeamSpeak. Oh, I, so, I I found pal chat was interesting. It was like if TeamSpeak was for conspiracy theorists. Like, <laughs> um, but no. So Discord is this really cool way for like gaming based communities and non gaming based communities really just to kind of have like their own chat server uh, that's pretty private. Yeah. And the Transpeak server in particular is one that used to have an affiliation with NCTE. I don't know if they still do. Okay, anymore. what's NCTE? Oh my goodness, the National Center for uh, Trans Equality. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna have to fill me in on anything that has to do with. So that one I was not aware of, and I apologize. I bet you if I like point, fans. if I like point to NCTE, if I point to like Mara Kesling, you'd be like, oh, that group because say, like, say, say their name again, Mara Kesling. Okay. Are you Trans woman. Yes. I'm not familiar with her either. So Goodness. who is Mara Kesling? She's the pre- um, I think she's the executive director of NCTE. Not okay, president. you're gonna, you're gonna have to make me a list of all these trans resources. Oh my goodness, I am going to have to learn you. Please, thank you. Because I will. okay, so who is the other trans woman that we were talking about earlier that was running for currently running for Congress? Right, she was running for Congress in the primary. She was running. For she Congress. lost to um, oh, no, okay. Uh, um, um, oh god, I can't picture the woman's name right now. Troy Laren. Troy Laren. Um, Tommy Laren. <laughs> stop it! <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. Um, so her name is Alexandra Chandler. Uh, she was the first. Um, open trans woman to run for congressional office in Massachusetts, okay. and she ran a very spirited campaign in what essentially started off as a 13-person race, which, for the record, is a total argument for ranked choice voting. But that's another that, conversation. That seems like a lot. Time. Is that a lot? That's a for, lot. Yeah, yeah. Like a third, like a 13-person race can happen pretty much anywhere. Technically, if you think about it, about 280 or so candidates run for president every four years, but you only hear about like you know the dozen or so. Who's that... the guy with the boot on his head? Vermin Supreme. Vermin Supreme. That's Did you right. See, I was with Vermin. Um, a few I weeks saw. Ago. That's awesome. He he's such a jovial guy. He took a pie in the face. I saw. Right, I we, saw we were bouncing all over topics well, again. No, this is great. This like, is a podcast. This is how. Have you no, seen no. Joe I'm, Rogan? I'm, that's my warning. warning. That's my warning to oh, you yeah. that we are going further now because you oh, brought yeah, further up further down the rabbit hole. So Vermin Supreme. Uh, I recently covered national toothbrushing laws. Mandatory toothbrushing laws. Ponies for all. Um, free pony platform. Yeah, free pony platform. Uh, but I just forgot his name for a minute. So I was covering the Libertarian Party state conventions um, uh, annual convention a few okay. weeks ago for Independent Political Report, which I occasionally turn out articles for. For what? Independent Political Report? Mm-hmm. IPR. Can you send me some links to that too? Because I don't. I only have a couple on there. Uh, so real quick sidebar, because this came up before. So are you more independent? Are you more of like an independent? Do you find yourself in the middle or are you? Because I think. Being a trans woman that is a member of the GOP, the first thing somebody automatically assumes is that, and you brought this up um, mm-hmm. a, a couple of weeks ago, the first thing that people assume is that you're an enemy of trans people. So, but that's not true because I know that yeah. every day I shouldn't ask you that. fight. <laughs> no, every day I know because you're always sending me so, links like, to, used to it now human rights point. campaigns, civil rights campaigns, transgender rights campaigns, all these different organizations. So you're out there every day fighting for trans mm-hmm. equality. So... Would you say that your political leanings are more that, that if you that your conservative leanings, I should say, excuse me, are more fiscally conservative, like regarding economics and just big government, small government? And again, I don't know very much about politics, so lead me in the right direction here. Well, I've always leaned. Um, I guess you could say I lean right, fiscally speaking. Uh, yeah, that was my thought because right. I, I see you out there fighting the good fight for trans folks. Every day. Oh, I, I identify as a Massachusetts so you're, Republican. You're definitely down. not socially conservative. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. goodness. No. Okay. So I think that's the most important thing for everyone. You can be conservative without being socially conservative and without being somebody that just hates other people that are different. I think Jordan is a perfect example. So I think even though we disagree on basically everything, aside from the human rights, we obviously we are both trans. We're out there every day or as often as I can, Jordan more than me, fighting for equality fighting for our trans rights but i think with your platform and the well, platform you're not running right right now when, when's your re-election i'm actually up for re-election okay. next spring so your political beliefs and your platform that you ran on before is more socially what's the opposite uh, 
What's the opposite of a social so, conservative? Socially, yeah. What, what, is there a term for the opposite of a social conservative? No, just social, social liberal. Okay. Okay. That's easy. I mean, that's easy enough. I feel most most Americans honestly identify as some as some type of fiscally responsible, socially okay. tolerant. Now, Massachusetts is a unique beast, for it sure. It is, it is. Um, but with that said, a, a fair number of those people who are socially tolerant are also socially liberal, if not socially progressive. And a number of those people who are uh, fiscally responsible, you know, they have elements of themselves that are also more fiscally conservative. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, if, if I'm being honest about myself, I've always identified as a Massachusetts Republican. Okay, so I what mean, is a, so tell everyone what a Massachusetts Republican is versus the Republicans in the rest of the country. Because again, Massachusetts is unique. And I did mention this in the article that I... Did mm. I link you the article from Into that I was in? I don't think you... Um, was Sarah McBride? Sarah McBride was yes, I saw the, the cover. Photo. I then, saw the picture. All right. Well, no, well, there was there was an article. Thank you. There was an article that was written by um, Kate Sosin. Oh, I must have About that. that event from Into LA. I'll have to check that out. I, I don't think I caught that. I'm so, sorry. No, so the first, the first bit was obviously about Sarah. And then towards the end... Kate interviewed me and my boyfriend, uh, and we were talking about how Massachusetts, most of the people I've talked to in Massachusetts, and it's between some of the people that I work with when I work on the ambulance, some of the firefighters, some of the people that I meet just at events that I go to, and also people that I meet at the job that I work at as a care coordinator Mm -hmm. in mental health. A lot of the, I think a lot of the average voters in Massachusetts tend to be very strongly independent. Oh, yeah. And I think that most of the people in the state pride themselves on not swaying too far one way or another into political dogma. You see, Massachusetts has this reputation of being a blue state, a, a blue state. And by that, they mean presidentially blue. Now, if you actually look at the statewide demographics <clears throat> in Massachusetts, it's much more fragmented than that. And if it wasn't more fragmented than that, then this whole notion of having to fight for our basic civil rights wouldn't even be a topic of discussion. Uh, because that's the case, though, mm. this type of thing can play out in Massachusetts, and it does. And people don't often take that into consideration, they, or rather, they take that for granted. They think that in Massachusetts, this is never going to happen. But that's not true. There definitely is an independent streak for a lot of Massachusetts voters. Uh, and to that degree, we're not that far off from our neighbors up north in New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire, that's a very real independent streak. Uh, they've been trending live blue. free or die. Right? They've been trending blue in a few ways on the presidential level, with the exception of um, you know uh, this past election was extremely close for New Hampshire. I think it was like in the margins of like the tenths of a percentage. Hmm. But um, no, so yeah, just because a state trends a certain way doesn't necessarily mean the state is representative of right. that ideology. Now, there's a lot of people in Massachusetts who are relatively independent, and that's especially true in our type of republicanism. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts republicanism is very historically unique, um, rather New England republicanism in whole. And um, you see it play out with a lot of our legislators. You see it play out with our governor. Uh, Charlie Baker is one of uh, – he's one. Of, he is the – I do rather, like I Charlie say. Baker. He is the most popular governor in the country. And – when you, when you have a red executive working with... Um, he publicly... I just want to let everyone know, too, that if you're not from Massachusetts, Charlie Baker has publicly declared as an ally for almost every single oppressed minority in the country, right? It wow. was Were there any... Uh, were there any groups that he specifically left out? Because I knew he came out and declared Massachusetts, well, uh, oh no, or was that Marty Walsh who declared the, Boston that was Marty a sanctuary? Walsh. Okay. Um, I will say that you aren't wrong about Charlie Baker being an ally to a number of marginalized people, though. Okay. Uh, Charlie Baker, granted, it took him a little while to come Charlie come Baker did around. come out in support of, of Yes on 3, though. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, and Marty th- Walsh. This, Well, yeah, and Marty Walsh. Um, They're both Republicans, right? No, Marty Walsh is a Democrat. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Marty Walsh was a Republican. <laughs> it's okay. This is why I'm here. Well, um, <laughs> I like you both if you're listening. And Marty's Marty's a good guy. I don't yeah. think I've ever had the pleasure to to meet Marty firsthand, though. Um, I've met um, Governor Baker a Ooh, number of how times. How is that? Uh, oh, Charlie's great. Um, I, I feel weird using most people names. from Massachusetts are very are very approachable, especially the, the political leaders i I, I hate using that i most recently saw him in washington dc a few weeks ago i was fancy i was down there for oh you're fine what i'm gonna dust your shoulders off because you're so oh oh, i see i see you're such an important person oh god please um I was down in D.C. a few weeks ago. It was for the Spirit of Lincoln Dinner, which is an annual event hosted by the Law Cabin Republicans, which are the nation's most active, um, formerly, um, 
queer-friendly GOP group. There's also the American Unity Fund, but they work a little bit... Formerly trans-friendly? I'm sorry, not formally. Oh, God. (laughs) Not formally. I meant, like, formally, as in in a formal sense. I'm Um, sorry. I thought you were saying that they were no longer supportive. No, 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 no. no. I was like, wait a minute. Like, they they are a formal wing of a formal faction within the GOP, whereas American Unity Fund isn't so much. They more exist outside. You're throwing all these new terms at me, girl. I can't keep up. I will... I will bring you, you want to, to talk Steve. about E3? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I actually know about E3, so um, I'm sure there are other acronyms that I don't know. But no. So, BlizzCon is this weekend, too. I'm, if I have enough what? money, I'm going to get the virtual ticket, and I will be covering BlizzCon next Tuesday. Oh, BlizzCon. Yes. Oh, BlizzCon. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I'm, I'm going to be every year we're going to be covering E3 and BlizzCon officially, and then another anime con is coming up. And I'm going to be, my Bowsette will be complete for AAC, so I'll be attending AAC as Bowsette. So those are three events that we're going to cover live right off the rip. So, All right. Let me try and bring all this back to square one. We have so many many topics out there. Circle back and unpack. Um, So LCR, Log Cabin Republicans, Nation's um, like most aforementioned um, GOP queer group. Uh, based out of DC, they well, do an annual that's dinner. That's cool. They do an annual dinner. Yeah. Um, I've worked with them for the past few years. My time uh, working on that white paper uh, for, <laughs> uh, I I helped co-author a white paper for the Department of Education for the purpose of what is a white paper? It's a, it's a research paper. Okay. It's an it's like think of it as like a dissertation. So why don't so is that just what it's called in politics? It's just called a white well it's called the white paper in academia. I've never heard that before. Really? Well, yeah. what was your background in? History and communications. And you've never heard of a white paper? A white paper? A white paper. No, I heard of a, uh, a thesis, a research paper. I did my colloquium, my senior thesis. Um, at a oh, loss. Maybe, maybe a couple of people said white paper here and there, but I think... I think generally it was just, well, because it was... A white paper might be inherently different than, say, a dissertation per se. A dissertation is something um, I think it's more rooted in, um, like, collegiate-level academia, whereas a, or rather, a postgrad-type level of academia, whereas a white paper isn't necessarily tied to, like, a, an okay. educational institution like right, a college. Yeah. It's just more of a research document for the sake of learning about a subject in deep, deep detail. What was your th- what was your senior thesis topic while we're on the subject? Oh, um... Uh, American identity and ballot access. Oh, okay. Like my my my. Do you want to read each other's senior theses? That's so nerdy, and yes, I do. Okay. Um, mine is record, about red phone boxes in England. Excuse oh, me. Sorry, mine is about red phone boxes. It's a red phone box in Great Britain. I don't know what that is. You've the red telephone box? I thought they're blue. Or that's that's of Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Those are those are police. That's call the only boxes. one I know about. That's tight end too. You've come on. You, I guarantee you, you've seen a red phone box. I don't see the color a British red. British red phone box. Do you really? Is that, was that a joke? That wasn't a joke. I'm actually colorblind. Are you really? Yeah. You didn't know that? I did not know that. The things we learn on this show, really. Wow. Yes. Um, okay. So that makes sense. So <laughs> what do you see instead of red? All right. Someone sent me a video of this the other day about people like, do you just not see anything? Is it invisible? And it's like, no, no. It's not like someone spilled oh, like. I love it. That's awesome. What's that stuff that, uh, can, what's his name? Kanish Kapoor, the guy who made the black is black that looks like someone just photoshopped out of existence something that you put on it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not like that. It's not like someone photoshopped um, something out of my life and I just see a void. Uh, it's more, it, it's a blurring of the different hues huh and it tends to err on the gray side for me uh i have a clonal deficiency of red and green which means i struggle to see red i struggle to see green um i'm sorry and here i am with a bright green hair well i know that it's green okay but like i struggle seeing many a different like hue and shade of green and hue and shade of red okay and sometimes it just blends together and it looks a little like like grayish brownish it it depends on the color now i feel terrible for making fun of you for not seeing the red live button i need to be honest like it's never actually like been a huge thing in my life i just go to like my eye doctor every year or two and they give me i think it's called the, the the ishiwara test Ishihara test, I think Ishihara test. I'm pretty sure, and that's essentially all the dots, and they look at it, and if you don't see this number, or if, or if you see this number, they go, "Well, you're colorblind." Bye, and that's it. So I've I've failed that test like since I was a child. So 
Like as far as oh, I'm sorry. As far as the medical community is concerned, oh, she's very colorblind. But like, I don't know, it doesn't bother me. And it's not like I don't see the red mailbox. I've just not heard of it. That's or the red phone booth rather. I've just never mind. I mean, you know what? I, I I probably have. I just it's not something I filed away in my okay. brain. Yeah, it's just one of those icons that's only really defined by the color. So hmm. if you're so if you're colorblind it's not going to have a significance for it. it's just so it's just it's something that's just appeared everywhere in okay. pop culture and it's become a cultural icon of great britain okay and one of the ministries tried to or different administrations tried to phase out the red phone boxes because they were old and a lot of people thought they were unsightly and a lot of different organizations stepped up to try and defend the red phone boxes and what happened was mostly independent buyers bought up all these red phone boxes in bulk to save them and then redistributed them amongst the communities in Great Britain. I'm very curious about that because the purpose of a red phone box is probably akin to the purpose of a public phone here in the States, right? Or is there more to it than that? It was just, well... Because we've pretty much gotten rid of those wholesale as a country at this point. In Britain, Britain is a very private society. And there's been hundreds and hundreds of papers and books written on privacy in Great Britain throughout the years, mm-hmm. throughout the um, centuries. And because it's been going on since 18th century, mm-hmm. 17th oh, yeah, century, the just like the, maybe even before, just privacy in Great Britain for the average citizen. And mm-hmm. the phone box was a place where the average businessman, individual, artisan, merchant could take a step back and take a break from daily life and have their conversation in private because Britain is such a, is such a private society. So yeah. it was this sort of cultural expectation and then it became a cultural icon because it was bright red and then it started showing up in pop culture and huh. then the government said that, you know, uh, a couple of the, of the different cabinets had said that they didn't like it and that it was an eyesore and that Britain needed to progress into Thatcherism and needed to evolve and then it just sort of they were trying to phase it out, and then all these independent buyers were like, mm, mm. let's not do that. It's an interesting subject to pursue. Um, no, granted, it's not. It's super boring. Well, I mean, I, I meant in the sense <laughs> that it's a unique boxes. subject yeah. for someone to pursue. But I'm sure someone can say the same about me. Like, why would she care about ballot access in all 50, I think 54 jurisdictions now? So uh, if, 50 states plus D.C. plus Guam plus if, Puerto Rico plus um, Virgin <laughs> Islands. Oh. Plus Northern Marianas Islands. Actually, so more than that. If People we don't both, think about those. That they have no, their own unique don't. ballot access I don't laws, either. and they they do they do make a difference in our presidential elections, but they can't oh. vote for the president. They can only partake in the primary. They're they're That's interesting. They're American residents, but not American citizens. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. No. I was going to say something important, but I forgot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So if we that wasn't important. It was just stupid and funny. I think it's funny. You're funny. I don't know. I'm just going to talk. We're all funny. <laughs> Since that's what we're here for. So can you imagine if both of us just showed up at a party and we're like, ballot access in red phone boxes. <laughs> Who wants to have a go at these? What are you saying? I don't already act like that now, though. Like, hey, you want to talk about some ballot access? Oh, that's why we're friends. High five number two. Mm. Boom. I wish we had a button, like a, like a dinger, where we could ding the high fives. Like a, like a high five counter. All I can think of is... I'll like, add in the special effects after. All I can think of is shoe on head and her, like, wage gap button. <laughs> Wait, who and the wage gap button? The what? Oh, no. You know what? <laughs> this is too many subjects. We need to bring it in. I'm going to have okay. to, like, learn you on another. You just have to invite yeah. me back. Just forever invite me back. I mean, honestly, I'm, like, a co-host at this point. You, yeah, you are basically the primary co-host. Yeah. Okay, so we were talking about Kavanaugh, right? Is that what you were going to go back to? We were talking about everything. And you know what? I'm going to try and do the best I can to summarize everything in uh, a nice little montage. All, all I want to know is, is Kavanaugh going to be a fully partisan, biased judge that is going to just pass everything that Trump wants in the past? Or is he actually going to be a judge? Depends on the topic. I mean, as far as reeling in the administrative state goes, Kavanaugh has a pretty good record of reeling in the administrative state. Uh, But in other issues, particularly things that I think putting putting the topic of uh, queer issues aside, because that's obviously like the bull in the room that or the white elephant in the room, rather, that we're all going to harp on. But look, taking that to the side for a moment and actually looking at how he would act to any other issue. uh, Yeah, he he's a partisan in that. He's obviously going to vote with the conservatives far more than Kennedy. 
did. Mm. However, he's also going to... Because um, I think a lot of people are scared. A lot of women are scared. All women. I wish more people would be scared because Kavanaugh is also extremely weak on Fourth Amendment issues. And those are issues of privacy. And that impacts everyone. And one of the things that made me so frustrated about this debate... The Act? What's that? Is it going to get worse than the Patriot Act? Well, that's what I don't want to have happen. And that's something that I feel like wasn't asked enough during the whole uh, Kavanaugh confirmation debate because no – I mean the main focus was on everything that yeah. was happening. And women are scared. Women are – I think a lot of women, myself included, feel like this is going to be – that the message that we sent to women in this country was that it doesn't matter what you say because – Straight white men are going to rule the country anyway. And that no matter what you do or what you say, they're going to win. And that's scary because I, I feel like that's the message that was sent to women everywhere. And I think it's time for women to step up and be like, stop. Enough is enough. Like we need to we need to stop letting things like this happen. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a really big thing. And in, in a way, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not happy of the outcome of how that conversation went, but I'm glad that it was had. Yeah. However... I'm just miffed that we couldn't have focused on these other issues that I think were very, very key to reaching other demographics who would have had well, more now issues we are. with Kavanaugh. Now we are well, right, it's right too now. late now. He's already yeah. been confirmed. But like his Fourth Amendment issues were so weak and that that should worry everyone. I mean, this is going to be another person who, um, based on his his past actions leading up to this point, would be completely, completely OK with uh, more unwarranted wire or more. Uh, unwarranted wiretapping, which is frightening considering yeah. everything else. So I'm glad I mentioned the Patriot Act. Yeah, it's actually more. Thing, that's right? in the, that's yeah. in the ballpark, more or less. I mean, he has a ten. Based on things he has done in the past, he tend to look the other way when it came to wiretapping uh, criminals. Mm. And you know, then there's the issue of what constitutes a criminal. And so he's not going to be another big thing that I feel like was also important. In discussing too, that definitely, definitely should have been known before people confirmed. I mean, I'm sure people did know who were fans of Kavanaugh, but they just, you know, looked the other way. <sighs> this is also terrifying. Well, this is the terrifying Halloween episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, let me try and like bring it back in some more. Charlie Baker, super moderate Republican, came out uh, yes on three a long time ago before it was even technically yes on three, I believe. Actually, you went. I spoke to Charlie Baker on BPR almost a year ago because, as you know, Transgender Day of Remembrance, Remembrance is yeah. soon upon us. It is the 20th anniversary of the unfortunate, unfortunate demise of Rita Hester. And I'm expecting really big things to happen out of that, especially considering our current political environment. But mm-hmm. um, on that day last year, I called up the governor on Boston Public Radio for the governor's hour. I did. You linked this to me. I did hear this. It was kind of a big thing that I didn't think was picked up on until – with the exception of like Freedom for All picked it up to some degree. But no one really made a thing about it. And Charlie told me on live public radio that you know he was going to fight against uh, efforts to scale back our public accommodations. Him and his administration would stand on our side and work with local communities and law enforcement and making sure that nothing like this happens. And that was a really big thing. And I'm just frustrated that it didn't get momentum until later on because that could have been a, a, a good boost for the moment. But he has. Um, but yes, stayed my true point to that. is my point is he has been he once was very weak on trans issues and he became stronger and stronger. And we and he was open to learning. have Jordan to thank for this. Well, I'm not going to take any credit at all because you can take a little bit of credit for that for sure, girl. Well, I like I like to believe that he came to that kind of realization on his own too. And I mean, that's the kind of thing that I want to see but you more Republicans spark, do. You helped to create that spark in his mind. Even if it was just a little tiny spark, it was on public radio on a big show. And you got that spark going and you actually made him think about that issue. Well, I mean, a year before that, one of the reasons why I even got projected into like mass poly life was that I wrote that open letter during 
the times of trans bill ma- hashtag trans bill mass, where we were fighting to have our public yes. accommodations. Now we're fighting to the keep legislature. Them. Yeah, we we were well. This is like a long continuation of a fight that started a decade ago. And it vote yes on three, yes on three. A decade yes ago, three, we ended yes up three. with three quarters of the pie. We ended up with employment, credit, housing. We didn't get public accommodations. Fast forward a couple years later, the fight for public accommodations resumes. We finally get public accommodations after a slog through the legislature. And literally a month and some odd days after everything was signed into effect, you have people already gathering signatures to overturn the newly signed law. So it is definitely so hard for people just to let other people live their lives. Fear mongering. And there's there's always always the polling that with me. Start the fear mongering. Always polling with me. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any recent polls coming out of everything. Jordan, show me the cross tabs, Evans. Yes, thank you. Now it's uh, Jordan Leopards ate my face, Evans. Um, but still, please show me the cross tabs. Yes. Um, so you well, introduced that word to me, though. I talk about cross tabs all the time now. Good. Everyone should talk about cross tabs. Cross tabs yeah. are great. Um, and numbers and numbers and f- actually speaking of numbers, numbers, phone numbers. So on Discord and on other online gaming forums, specifically in this case, World of Warcraft, going to these local events with Yes on 3, I went to one and I went to a town hall in Attleboro with uh, Mayor Hiro. So another plug here for Mayor Hiro. Sorry, he pronounces it. uh, It's pronounced Mayor Hiro. Um, H-E-R-E-O-U-X. O-U-X. Yeah. Yes. So Mayor Hiro of Attleboro came out at this town hall and publicly declared his support of the Yes on 3 campaign and of our transgender friends and neighbors. So that was an amazing, it was a very small town hall, but we filled the room in the library and Attleboro was a pretty big city. So Bristol County is, the four cities in Bristol County, Attleboro, Taunton, New Bedford, Fall River. So there's four major cities with pretty significant populations in them. And for the mayor of the city and one of our local counties to come out and publicly do a yes on three event was pretty significant, I think. Oh, it is. For a city, um, like it wasn't a town. And then there was the the meeting in Needham at the Needham Congregational Church, which was the one that I went to with Sarah McRide. She was the keynote speaker. I was just there as an observer, but I did get to meet her and she's fantastic. Sarah is great. I love Sarah. She's but, so she's so sweet and she's also so effective as an activist. She is. Um, but my point was going to these meetings and talking to individuals like yourself who have inspired me to do more activism. And in the process, I found that the most effective way to... Nice. We're looking at the article. The most effective way to shut someone down on issues regarding trans rights is to link them phone numbers and articles. Hmm. Phone numbers for resource centers. Yeah, resource centers are extremely important, but... You also have to be prepared to dole out some arguments of your own on the spot because some people won't even give you the opportunity oh, no, I did. to offer The argument things. was first, and I went through the whole argument, and I've gotten really good at the argument, really good. But then, you know the type, show me some proof. Show me the data. Yes. Uh, and then gladly. I'm ready. I've got, all, I've got all kinds of tabs ready just in case this happens. All right, so I can pull up all the links. I can pull up all the links to the resources so that I've now been made aware of. Yeah. And after that, usually the response I get is, oh, I'll have to look at this. And then I say, you want some phone numbers for some resource centers, too, that are directly affiliated with the study that I just sent you? And usually at that point, they just stop talking. That's my strategy. It's worked well for me. As long as it works. the numbers don't lie and the numbers are there. Speaking of the numbers. Yes. Cross tabs. Recent poll coming out of our campaign Mm -hmm. shows that we have i believe it's a 45 point lead now that sounds amazing considering that it was more like a 15 point lead earlier Mm -hmm. this spring and can't give up we got to fight well that's the thing like we may be 45 points up but in reality we're 10 points behind and Mm -hmm. we need to keep running as such um and you if you look at the cross tabs and I tweet this out. If anyone ever wants to follow me on Twitter, which I don't recommend because why would you want to follow me on Twitter? Seriously. I follow um, you on Twitter. And it's terrible, right? No, it's not terrible. <laughs> um, at Jordaruski, I will post uh, cross tab uh, analyses usually whenever they pop up. But the most recent one I looked into is among everybody, 
we were up, I believe, 69.22 or 24, something amazing like that. I got a yes on three bumper sticker. I, I'm, I try to talk to everybody that I, inter- that I interact with on a daily well, keep basis. keep talking because if you phrase it like we are focusing on public accommodations, it's 69.24, let's say. Mm-hmm. If you phrase it so you're only talking about locker rooms and bathrooms, that drops to like 52.35. And that's where the opposition is going to strike us and strike us hard in the last week because people people don't want to be on the side of discrimination. No one wants to discriminate. They just sometimes don't realize that what they're advocating for right. or what they believe in is, you know, non-discrimination is in fact a little discriminatory. Did you know that the, sorry, but did you know that the Massachusetts uh, chief of police organizations officially came out in support of Yes on 3 by stating that having transgender neighbors in our communities does absolutely does not increase the rate of violence and or assault in public spaces and restrooms and locker rooms. It has absolutely zero correlation whatsoever. And, and that was the not only the Massachusetts Chief of Police Association, and this is what we found out at the town hall in Attleboro and at the Congregational Church meeting in Needham. This was brought up each time, but by the time that the Needham Church Forum happened, there were over t- between 20 and 30 different organizations related to public safety and sexual assault uh, support mm-hmm. that had came out and said, in no way does this encourage predators because predators are not opportunists. They're planners. They're groomers. They don't just, and a crime is still a crime. So just because you say, just because just because the, the opposition thinks that a sexual predator is going to go into a restroom and when they're approached, they're gonna throw their hands up and say, I'm trans. The police officers are not going, the, the, the community members that are in there trying to intervene, the citizens that are trying to intervene, the police officers in the courts are not gonna say, oh, sorry, I guess we're all gonna get sued now. And that's the whole argument for against for no one three that's not going to happen a crime is still a crime regardless of who you are and if that ever happened it would go before a judge or a magistrate and they would immediately say you're not trans you have no history of being trans this is you're saying this just to say it because you may have heard it somewhere it's going to be really obvious because they're not going to have any record of being of being trans at all and a crime is still a crime so just because you throw, just because theoretically a sexual predator might throw their hands, which they won't do anyway, because they're not opportunists, and that's what the numbers show. There's not been a single in- instance of what the No One Three campaign is fearmongering with anywhere in the country. Even if there's not an instance. Sorry, that was my that was my rant. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's fine. You should you should definitely have a lot to rant on. Uh, even if there's not an instance, though, it's the concern that something like that could happen, which is why the cross tabs I brought up are so significant. Yes, cross tabs. Um, because there is that drop in support. Oh, you're fine. Because there is that drop in support. Once you put bathrooms and changing rooms into the situation, people don't want to discriminate against trans people uh, as far as like stores and hospitals and dentist offices and everything else is concerned. Mm. But the topic of bathrooms is still uh, a sore spot for a lot of people. And I'm expecting um, Keep Mass Safe to, which is the parent organization spearheading the No on 3 campaign. Uh, I'm expecting them to do a media blitz kind of just reminding people that trans people also use bathrooms and that's terrible for them. That's terrible of them. And that will result in some shaking of this high number of support, which is why I keep telling people do not, do not, do not take any chances. And since you ranted, I'm going to do my little rant too. Do it up, girl. Your turn. let me tell you, from here on out until next Tuesday, which is election day here in our great Commonwealth. The sound effect for who wants to be a millionaire. (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do. Yes. And did you like my... I did like your... I did. I did did like your gesticulation. Okay. Um, But there are campaign events happening every single day leading up to election day. And check if, your Facebooks, everyone. Check your Facebooks if you want to just get check your Facebooks. I'm going to do a plug right now. If All right, you, let's do it. If you want to see public accommodations upheld for trans people, yes, which on three. includes 
Yes, yes, Hunter. But that includes everything, access to stores, hospitals, dentist offices, um, public parks, public libraries, uh, everything else that you could possibly imagine that you access in your day-to-day life that you can't imagine ever being denied access to simply because of who you are. You can take a very, very direct approach to helping out by getting involved at uh, our official website, which I'm moving Ooh, okay. the Facebook to at the moment just so I can read it. Hello, Facebook. Uh, so www.freedommassachusetts.org slash take action slash or alternatively, um, same website slash events slash. It'll show you everything that's happening. Okay, so freedommassachusetts.org. Free, yeah, freedommassachusetts.org. You can find it through there, but the events page shows everything that's happening up until election day. So get at the vote efforts, phone banking, volunteer recruitment, phone banking, educational phone banking, and take action. Just shows you everything else that you can do, such Facebook as donating and too, pledging and joining the coalition. And lastly, if you cannot make it out because there are, I believe, five or six major hubs that um, Freedom for All uses to run the campaign out of Massachusetts, you can phone bank from home at the neat net dot org slash slash ma and that will allow you to sign up and get involved with phone banking from your house so you don't even have to like come out now you can just use your own phone from the uh, comfort of your couch and that is so important i know canvassing may not be for everyone because yeah talking to people face to face can be a little bit weird sometimes if not a little uh anxiety ridden because you're always wondering if there's going to be that kind of confrontation uh, i can tell you from experience with with canvassing that rarely ever happens and when there is any little bit of confrontation usually it's very tepid at most it's more of an issue of disagreement and then they go i'm fine bye whereas it's never as explosive right. as you might be wondering mm-hmm. or worrying over uh alternatively if you don't like doing that there's always phone banking phone banking is super easy in two hours of phone banking i could probably get through about 70 uh, 70 people um depending on how they respond and you know where those conversations go so that's another thing you can definitely do and the last thing the neat.org for phone the neat.org. i guess the neat.org the neat stands for something um it's it's some kind of um neat. let's see uh, National Equality Action Team. Oh, okay. uh, they do a lot for um, queer justice. So, uh, but no, those are two things you could definitely do to help out. Or if the you don't like doing that, I can tell you volunteers get hungry, and maybe you can make a casserole or something. Yes. So people who are doing the canvassing. This can was the casserole you mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of our um, one of our like major canvassers out in Worcester County, Naomi Wixon, uh, was asking if we could either have a little some donations for food or maybe a casserole because they eat pizza like all the time, and you know. Pizza, a fine engine, does not always fuel. So yeah, maybe help true. them out in unorthodox ways like that as well. And the throw last thing you could always the casserole, do... Some meat, some vegetables. Or the last thing you could always do too is just throw some cash their way. Yeah. Campaigns need money. Yeah. I mean, yes. volunteers are what win campaigns, but there's still so many other elements to running major campaigns that require uh, funding. So there's many ways you can get involved. And I implore you, if, if the rights of trans people are important, or if you know someone who's trans, or if you have... Uh, if you have any reason to support the queer community and being a good ally, now is your moment to get involved. Now is your opportunity to really show it because allies, 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 we are relying on you to work with us on this. We are giving it it all. We are giving it our all and we just need your support. Yep. That's my pitch. Yes. Thank you. Whatever you can, whatever you can do, we have to keep the momentum. We have to keep the forward momentum going. Mm-hmm. until election night and the day after. <laughs> You'll want to keep it going far after that because I'm expecting yes. any number of things to happen after this as well. I mean, we have only two dozen states, if that, that have protections for trans people in the books. Once we're done here in Massachusetts, we really need to start focusing on our to neighbors other around states. us. Yeah. Yes, that's true. I mean, the ultimate end game is something coming out of the uh, national administration but considering what we are seeing coming out of the administration currently, that's not plausible in in current year. That's something that might be a different factor down so the road, depending on what happens. But until then, we have to work for it on a state level. So what about the national issue with Trump now with the... The memo. Defining, yes, the memo 
That was from that was a cabinet memo, correct? Well, the memo would impact a cabinet level agency, and essentially breaking down the memo, what it would do is it. This is the one that I think most of my trans followers and friends right are concerned about because it's a national, it's a national memorandum. My understanding of the current situation is that different agencies within the Trump uh, administration have differing definitions of what constitutes gender and sex at the moment. And they're trying to line them up to make them consistent in that they all say... Why would you have two different scientific biological terms if they mean the exact same thing? uh, Administrations... Doesn't make any sense. Administrations aren't... Think of an an administration as a hydra sometimes. It has multiple heads. There obviously is the major head, but they which added is at the end. Oh, it was rooted in science. Well, that's just one agency that they're trying, but they're trying to get all the other agencies to, to fall in line with that same definition. And in doing that, that actually gives uh, legal. So th- it's not binding. It's not like an act of Congress. It's not like something that's been uh, effectively signed into law through. Um, traditional congressional ways, uh, you know, traveling through our Congress and then going in front of POTUS. It's not like that. So there's not anything binding to this. With that said, that doesn't make it any less serious or any less scary, because if you remember the case of Gavin Grimm versus, I believe, the Gloucester County School Board. Is that the one that got delayed indefinitely? Yes, yes. and it was delayed indefinitely. Or I call it, it was punted back down to the lower courts. Elizabeth actually filled me in on Gavin Grimm. Ah. Well, then you know a little bit about that, which a is good bit, yes. because in the in the reason why it was punted back down to the lower courts is because barring any oh, kind of guidance, even though a guidance is not binding law. And now I'm going back to the guidance that I um, did my brief work with with the DOE back in 2017 regarding. Um, oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. That guy, the when you met Betsy DeVos, guidance. right? Oh, I, I never met Betsy. Oh, I thought you met Betsy DeVos. Um, no, I just I. Did other stuff, obviously. My my big thing not that was, it's any thrill to meet Betsy DeVos, but my big thing was the research aspect of putting the white paper together. Okay. Um, as you know, I'm a nerd; that's what I do. So, yes. like, without a guidance in place, without a guidance in place, uh, the Supreme Court decided to just punt it. So, granted, guidances aren't legally binding, but they do have a role. They do offer some kind of clarity, some kind of uh, primer, uh, well, for lack of a better word. They offer a supports, guidance. Yeah. Um, Case, case law, law does still support. supports all basically any and all trans issues, right? Well, that's the thing. Without the highest Almost court of the land, of without yeah. the highest court in the land ruling one way or the other, you have a lot of other higher courts, not the highest court, but you have a lot of higher courts with like differing legal definitions of what these things mean. So everyone has their own definition of what it means. There is no reciprocity throughout the country. And depending on where you are, it depends on exactly how it's going to go. Uh, now, this is what makes it interesting because in doing this, I mean, technically, someone in the 11th uh, Court of Appeals, uh, they found in Glenn v. Brumby that... In what know, now? Glenn v. Brumby. Okay. That was the case of Vandy Beth Glenn, who uh, was fired for being trans by her employer oh, um, at the state house. Um, I forget his first name, uh, something Brumby. But he uh, he fired her because... His arguing was that she did not she did not satisfy his expectations of what a woman should be, essentially, uh, legally speaking. He fired her because she was trans, but okay. the way that case ended was that the courts yeah. found, and this is what's very interesting, and I love Glenn V. Brumby, and I cite it all the time. Um, Glenn V. Brumby found, I know it's not your, your favorite thing, uh, Glenn V. Brumby found that you can't, fire someone for being trans simply because they don't satisfy your personal right. pers- yeah. f- uh, per- perspectives of what makes a woman or what makes a man in the case of say a trans man uh, that's that's not that's that's not satisfactory under the equal protections clause so stuff like that is also going to come into play if this happens because you definitely believe it's going to go into the courts if this gets any if this memo gets any momentum which, I mean, considering this blowback, I don't know if it's going to get momentum. I mean, I think – and I, I warned about keep, this. We have to keep fighting. That's I all. warned about this before when um, I spoke to Quartz for um, 
for a piece they did after uh, LCR's Spirit of Blanket Dinner. And that is this administration is so fond of whistle uh, dog whistles. They're so fond of saying things and doing things that they know, legally speaking, is not going to have much in the way of traction. And I kind of feel this way about the administration's decision to try th- – uh, and put an end to birthright citizenship through executive order. Uh, I don't think they have a legal standing for that. And I think if they try, they're going to be DOA. But there's still merit in them doing it because they're going to rally the base, get support, get some funding from people who love to hear that kind of thing or who look for some kind of validation from the administration when they say that. So that's why like dog whistling is very much a thing. And it's something that we need to also be completely aware of. It's all fear. All of this stuff goes back to fear mongering. All of it. Racism, sexism, gender discrimination. I mean, you shouldn't. LGBT discrimination. It all goes back to fear. And it's so sad that people can't just let other people live their lives. It's sad. I mean, you shouldn't not take it seriously. That's not what I'm saying at all, because you should definitely take it seriously. But you should also oh, yeah, for completely sure. be aware that... I was just talking they... socially, oh, yeah, like in, that, in a broader sense. social con- context. I'm just saying, just be aware in the larger sense that they may be doing this with the full expectation that they're not going to have any chance of winning and no chance in hell. But they still get benefit out of doing this because mm. they are giving... They are throwing out that red meat. Yeah. So, but no. So there are a lot of things that'll be impacted by this case. Uh, Glenby Brumby is Glenby Brumby will be one bit of case law that I definitely well, expect to be uh, I to think, resurface as a result. I think everything you just said kind of puts my mind at ease a little bit. Saying uh, you know, I'm glad. Do- it's called a dog whistle, right? Dog whistle. Yeah. Which is based can, on. Can you set. explain a dog whistle real quick? Well, a dog whistle in a physical sense is a high pitched whistle that only right. a dog can hear. Right. Yes. It's a yep. similar idea when it's applied to politics. Okay. A political dog whistle would be an action, a gesture, a way of explaining something. Like the memo. You could use the memo. I like okay. to think the memo is a bit yes. of a dog whistle okay. that we should be rightfully calling out. Um, I think a more popular dog whistle that a lot of people on the internet are more. Uh, likely to realize is like the okay sign Ugh. which you know when people give the okay sign it's like are you an are you a, a some kind of nationalist are you a uh, it means that they've got over a hundred pepe the frog memes on there exactly but like so, we recognize when we see like okay signs and pepes and, and little milk emojis that was the thing that told you all right this person is clearly very into racially based identity politics in a nationalist sense that's dog whistling that's like something that they understand between each other, but other people who have no idea of the jargon or lingo at all it goes right over their head. There's a great Doom Guy meme with Doom Guy choking out Pepe the Frog. Oh, jeez. You know the you know the Doom Guy meme where he's standing on the yeah yeah I know Doom Guy yeah he's choking Pepe the Frog because <laughs> that frog is clearly a racist fascist. Let's be honest. The artist just the artist feels so terrible. This happened to his creation. For the record, <laughs> he's like, this is never what Pepe was meant for. Yeah. <laughs> Pepe wasn't supposed to be your racist uncle. <laughs> Feels good. Feels Someone's good, racist man. uncle. Feels good. Ugh. Wow. How long so have we been awful. doing this? A while. So, okay. Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. Favorite scary anime. Oh, go. Um, or favorite spooky anime. Is King of the Hill an anime? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Just kidding. I, know, I love I you. Um, actually, I was thinking about that on the way up. Is there any like quintessential Halloween yep. anime? Are there? Yep. Tell me some. Mm-hmm. No, I was just king of the hilling you. Oh, oh, yep. I see what you're doing. Whoa, yeah, you like that deep? I I used to do voice work. You know, I have a really broad range. Of course, I can do some low king of the hill stuff. So, all right, dad. <laughs> oh my god, propane, propane, and propane accessories. Propane and propane related accessories. Related accessories, yes. So, propane accessories. so for me, the first thing that comes to mind for a, for a spooky anime, something that I would watch around Halloween time, would be Black Butler. Oh, Black Butler. Yes. Just, I love Black Butler. I still haven't finished the last three episodes of the last season. You know, I never I really what I'm got for. into Black Butler. It's really Butler. good. Oh, you know what? One thing I, that, one thing that I think would definitely... Shitsuji Deskara. Definitely would watch around the Halloween season would be anything else. That's twice I've said that now on this podcast, getting super weeby. Uh, Helsing, yes. Well, like, all right. Vampire there's two, girl. There's two kinds of Helsing. Right, it's a vampire though. girl, right? Police girl. Police girl. Police girl. Uh, there's two kinds of Helsing. There is the Helsing based off of the original. I only manga. have the manga. I, I have the manga. Well, they have. I think that's I've read it in years though. Uh, that's Helsing. They have Helsing Unlimited, which is like those the first two issues of the so manga. Is Helsing, your choice. 
Helsing's my okay. choice. But I'm just saying there is another one that I always tell people to stay away from. It starts off like the manga for like the first two books, but then like it goes off into this completely different series that's like loosely based on the original Helsing, but it has all the characters and I hate it. Don't do that one. Or rather, you know what? Helsing Unlimited might be the good one. Favorite spooky game. Well, I mean, we dedicated an entire podcast last time to Parasite Eve, which granted isn't yes. really a spooky game, yeah. but it has like good elements of spooky game. Um, I was going to say Diablo. Diablo Diablo's 1, 2, good. and 3 for me. I used, I used to play it every year on around Halloween time. That was that was my game. That was my Halloween game. Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. that I mean, too. like Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh Everything I basically talked about last time. Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh, Parasite Eve. Resident Evil 4 remains You like, really left her hanging this morning. No, no. It's so bad. Uh, Trigger warning. too soon after like two years. Trigger um, warning. Yes. Yeah, right. Trigger Sorry. warning. Um, depression. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. No, and that was actually a direct quote from one of the characters in the game. Yeah, That's, so I'm, not, I'm not just being a total... That game should be coming BATCH out soon, by the way. Oh, I think like yes. the game that is allegedly that those characters are originally from. Favorite Halloween movie. Favorite Halloween movie. Yes. Oh, that's so... two. Top, give me two or three. Two oh, or three. That's so hard. Like I can't even think about it at the moment. I just I'm thinking about ones that I've recently been like mad about. Apparently, there is like some kind of like controversy coming out of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, controversy. Because I was gonna say obviously Hocus Pocus. Right. I gotta like Hocus look Pocus. That up. Um, the Headless Horseman movie with Johnny Depp. Was it called was it called Hallow's Eve? Hallow's Eve? I don't know. Hallow's something. There was this really amazing movie with Johnny Depp as the Headless Horseman. Or I think or he was just Oh God, whatever the guy's name is. It was the head the story of the Headless Horseman. And it was Johnny Depp. Are you looking at Pocus Pocus? Well, I'm trying to figure out I think the those are my top two spooky movies. Let's see if I can find this. Hello again, Facebook. Um, let's see. We have three minutes left. Do we? Yes. Oh goodness. Hocus I just I, I, something happened with Hocus Pocus because people were so like upset about it, and um, I don't know something turfy. I have no idea. Uh, I loved Hocus Pocus honestly um, growing up, but um, let me think. There's well, Hocus Pocus. Fellowship of the Ring is very fall y. It's very fall because there's all the the colors in Rivendell. I mean, I love B list horror films oh i mean yeah. those b-rated movies uh inject the lifeblood right into my veins uh granted there are a number of terrible ones but that what makes them so good and then there's some that know they're terrible but they try to you know they just live they run with it like night of the living bread <laughs> it's like it's it's a parody of night of the living dead put out by the same people where instead ready of zombies, for a mic drop it's bread yeah troll two i don't know if that's that's like a cult classic <laughs> Troll 2. Oh, no. They're eating her. Ah! <laughs> A plus act. A plus acting. Yes. Ugh. You should take the take the team of Troll 2 and then take, like, Tommy Wiseau and then take, like, um, what's another good bad movie? How was that? <laughs> Just put them all together. What's another good bad movie? Ugh. Ugh. Oh, hey, Mark. <laughs> oh, hey, Mark. <laughs> I, I love that meme with Mark Hamill. Or uh, that, <laughs> I'm really upset Tommy that I can't so think of Mark like, Hamill. I'm really upset that I can't think of uh, Oops, showing some other, leg other things at the moment. Yeah, it's not like the camera's gonna see. Um, 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 um. All I can think of is the, the game factor more. I mean, like Resident Evil Four was yeah. like to me the best horror game ever. I have a feeling I'm gonna get torn apart for that statement. I no. mean, maybe not the best horror no, game ever. No, I mean, but like, you can t- you can talk about Resident Evil Four. That I was that was fine. I enjoyed it. Your right hand comes off. Wah, wah, wah. On that <laughs> on that note, on Resident Evil Four jokes. I like how we did 80 minutes of politics yes. and like two minutes of like. Anime. Yeah, no. Well, what we did, what we did, our favorite spookies at the end, <laughs> right? This whole topic, this whole podcast is terrifying. Ooh, aren't you scared now? Favorite spooky person, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> what, Dennis? What is that game that Dennis Rodman was in? He was a playable character. Oh, I don't know, but there's Shaq a Fu. Game. Shaq has a game. Shaq really? Fu, Return of the Legend. Yeah. Shaq Fu, Return of the Shaq. <laughs> I, don't, I was expecting you to say that, or some for some reason or another. Um, favorite scary person, um, Mick Jagger. <laughs> Jagger's. Oh. Yeah, look, he's so spooky. He's just, he's just like gangly. 
Um, oh my god, this is terrible. I can't believe Johnny I'm... Depp's my number one favorite spooky person. Really? Yeah. Probably. Like... I'm just, I'm just I'm so basic sometimes. I have to pick Johnny Depp. You would like my because he was though. in that movie. Yeah. He looks exactly like Johnny Depp, or rather, he used to. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else you want to add? I think we covered a lot. <laughs> oh, I have a response Thank to, you for the, coming uh, back. to the to the casserole question. Uh, if you could be them, so nice. They would like any kind of casserole with vegetables. Okay. That is the big. Perfect. That is the big vegetable call. Casserole. Yep, vegetable casserole. So ESP017, I think. <laughs> 017, let's go with that. Do you want to add any final thoughts? Yes on three? Well, I definitely did my plug happy for Yes on three. Oh, yeah, well, definitely happy Halloween. Final high five? Final high I feel like you're just giving me these thoughts as I go. <laughs> All the above. Um, uh, oh, this is this is what, no, this is like, that's like the, for, the format for the host. We just, just like kind of keep regurgitating words. things off you. Thoughts. Yes. That's that's my final uh thoughts. My final thought. Okay. Just thoughts. Well everyone have a safe and happy Halloween. Uh don't eat too much candy. You don't want to break your teeth. Watch out for needles and apples. Right. They'll put razor blades in the apples. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Our generation. Seriously. Yeah. Why would they put razor blades in the apples? So uh, I don't know. So yes on three. Please be safe, especially if you have kids on Halloween. Please be safe. You should still sort the candy, even though it's 2018. If you are going trick-or-treating, sort the candy. Go through it if you're a parent. Be safe. Yes on three. Cosplay is not consent. Halloween costumes what? are not consent either. Oh, okay, if you're at a party, it's, a sexy costume is not consent. Okay? Don't be that person. Definitely don't be that yeah. person. Also, shout out to all of my friends at the Transpeak Discord server. If you are trans yes. and you are in need yep. of resources and someone to talk to and just a community to get involved with online... I recommend Transpeak. You can find them through Transpeak. They have a Tumblr. They have a Twitter that will direct you to the server and get involved, make some friends. Great place to kind of carve out your own little safe niche on the internet. All Thanks right. for tuning in, y'all. Thank you, my lovely unicorns. Have a safe, happy Halloween. Yes on three. Cosplay's not consent. Sexy costumes are not consent. Go check out Jordan Evans on all of her social media and be sure to hit that